What's up, everybody? It's your boy, Dallas Simon, coming to you with another episode of the Ground Up Biz podcast, where the goal is to inspire, educate, and help you break the time for money trade in your life so that you can live life on a whole other level. I hope you're having a wonderful day so far. And in today's episode, I just want to share an update of my progress and I don't know, hopefully, maybe it depends on where you are in your entrepreneurship journey, but maybe I can share something that will help you or give you some insight um, or make you, you know, do some more research to look into something, you know, I don't know. Hopefully I can, I can share something. Um, I don't want to waste your time and I appreciate your time for checking out this episode. Let's get right into it. So this is an update of where I am and just some things that I've been thinking. Um, so number one, I spent 2020 and 2021 learning about marketing. And if there are some books I can think right off the top that were helpful along my journey to get here, um, it'd be Expert Secrets by Russell Brunson, um, Crush It by Gary Vaynerchuk, Permission Marketing by Seth Godin, Godin. I'm trying to think anything else right off the top. The Irresistible Offer by Mark Joyner. What else? What else? What else? Jab, 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 Right Hook by Gary Vaynerchuk. All right. And, and Russell Brunson, any of his other books are cool. Um, and let's just acknowledge the fact like, yeah, those mostly male authors that I had read from, um, it's not that I have a bias to female authors. There's actually a book by Brittany Hennessy called, uh, influencer, which is a great book. And, um, there's this author and I, yeah, I justify it Cause I'm not, I'm not just, I don't know the words misogynist. I don't know. I don't know. I'm still learning, you know, big words. But <laughs> that's why, but what I'm saying is like, I'm not just for men, right? Like, and there's this, there's this female author called, her name is Mira Cothin. And she like, she writes about like email marketing and stuff. Like, it's not about gender, right? If you got the information, I'll read it. So I just want to clarify that. Um, and, and definitely, cause I looked at the podcast that up until this point, I've, I've only had male, um, guests and I had a plan to get a female guest. And I still have a, a couple of females I, I could, you know, um, work with. So we're going to we're going to get that taken care of in 2022. Um, mark my words. Let me make sure I write that down so I don't forget it. This is not what I had planned to say, but that's the fun part of not having a complete plan to record is sometimes you just end up saying what needs to be said, you know. So I'm going to write female guess sweet so with that being said um spent the last two years learning about marketing and the reason why i learned about marketing is because i was trying to find an avenue to earn a lot of money and to do it in a legitimate way you know where people would be happy and they would be happy to pay me and um, I could do work that was really needed um, in this world. And marketing fit that, uh, fit that to a T. Um, 
And what I learned is everybody needs marketing for the most part. All businesses need marketing or they won't be in business for, for long. I mean, they may be able to coast a while, but you need marketing. You need marketing, which is the ability to, to basically bring your product to market, to let people know what you have, what you offer. Um, and I got to a point in my business where I guess I was just kind of burnt out a little bit. First of all, I wasn't charging enough, but I also didn't really have the confidence to charge like super high prices. Um, I had a few friends, colleagues, uh, I'll say friends, colleagues right around like my, my peer group, my age who are charging much more, but personally, I was unsure of like the quality of the work they were delivering. And if clients were actually getting the results they were looking for before paying. So that's kind of why I brought my price down. And I also wasn't a hundred percent, right? A hundred percent sure in what I was selling, even though I knew it worked for me, like having it work for somebody else was like another test in itself. And I did quite a few projects. I think a, a little over like 30 projects last year, which I recorded. Um, I call it my project management software. I use Podio for this and I wrote, I brought my prices up. I started charging like $50 at first. And then towards the end of this little sprint, it's charging like $300, $400 uh, for an intro package. So that, that I am pretty proud of myself for. Um, even though for marketing though, you should be charging at least 400, 500. I don't know. Like marketing takes a lot of time and work, uh, unless you have systems and automation to assist you. Uh, it will take a lot of your time and you'll need a team as well. So wow, you know, learning about marketing, I realized like, okay, this is really important. Every entrepreneur business owner needs to know about marketing, you know, at least at the basic level. And if you can become if you can try your best to sharpen, you know, to, to shoot for being an expert in marketing, like that would help. You could always hire somebody, right? Or partner with somebody who, who's good in marketing, but having an understanding yourself, right? Reading some books, taking a course or so is only going to be more valuable for you uh, as a player um, in whatever system you're building. The second thing, right? I think my, my, one of my biggest realizations towards the end of 2021 last year was how important project management is. Everyone is, for the most part, working towards something, right? And we have, our brain helps us generate uh, an endless list of ideas and tasks of things that, that could be done, uh, maybe need to be done, some things not as important, more like, you know, fun or ideas or desires, right? And we all need a way of organizing this information and deciding like what's relevant and what should be worked on first and what is more of a desire and not necessarily a project that is a priority, right? We all need a basic understanding of what project management is is a discipline like it is it is a profession like people people do this for a living and project managers at the top of their game are earning at least six figures from my understanding right i don't want to do your due diligence right i don't want to lie to you but um i mean if you're a project manager managing you know ten thousand dollars like worth of projects hundred thousand dollars right like for for um 
skyscrapers, highway projects, uh, neighborhood developments, things of that nature. Like these are million dollar projects, right? So these project managers are, are getting paid nice money to, to plan and to help orchestrate the events that help to deliver a working product to the people who need it. Um, and in essence, that's, that's part of what project management is. Um, and with that project management has various stages. Uh, there are things like, like risk and stakeholders that you need to be aware of and, and the different processes regarding how you deliver consistently or, or how you decide not to pursue a project. Cause there are also like methods within project management to, to decide when a project is no longer profitable or, or no longer serving the intended purpose in which the project was created to resolve. So what I'm saying to you is, I mean, if we all had extra money, right? 10,000, $20,000 or whatever. Um, I would, I would, I would hire a project manager. I might try to find one. <laughs> I'm being serious, but I might try to find one who's like just getting out of college or maybe studying in college because if they graduated already and they're already managing million dollar projects, I don't know. Now I'm thinking about it. It looks like I'm settling kind of small there. Cause I was thinking they're going to cost a lot, but they also have a lot of experience. And if they're managing projects on that pay grade, then there are some things they can probably share with me that would change the game forever for me, like as far as projects are concerned. So you heard how I was just trying to like settle small, right? And get somebody like who's in college or, you know, maybe intern with somebody so I can pay them cheap and then they can, and that may work too, right? They can help me with my project management. But if you don't have the money to pay somebody or you don't know a project manager, I say you should start networking and find some, that would be cool. And then the second thing you can do is start watching YouTube videos or maybe pick up a book or two or read a blog post about what project management is, how it's related to your life and how it can help you professionally and in your business. Because like I said, like all the people I worked with as far as clients and even myself personally, we all need project management like for real, for real, like that would change the nature of everything we do because we'd have a way of actually getting our ideas completed and into the real world. And we wouldn't be bogged down with like just idea after idea. Well, how do I say it? We'd have a way to, yeah, to process the ideas, right? Because our brain, we're always getting new ideas, right? Unless you got everything in your head, then you're probably going crazy. But if you're able to churn these ideas out and put them into the real world, then you're able to clear space for new ideas and then you you really have a, a sweet flow of project management so something to look into my focus for 2022 and i've told a few friends about this and maybe you know recording it on wax <laughs> aka on digital for the podcast would be helpful but i'm gonna spend this year documenting everything everything i've learned every book I've read, every experience I've had and getting vulnerable to and sharing things that I don't know, you know, things that have been holding me back or how I feel. Um, I'm just going to share this. I'm doing it in podcast form. I'm going to be sharing it online as well through medium and maybe some other platforms. Um, but the idea here is document like and project management lessons learned and documentation is actually a pretty key factor is very important but document your day-to-day right document what you experience and and how you feel and how your perception has changed 
I, I, I listened to like, I, I did this, right? I started listening to my previous episodes where I started. And I was literally tearing up because like, wow, I've come a long way since that first episode of my car on lunch break. Um, and I, I, yeah, I remember, but having it on wax, right? Having the ability to, to go back and to hear that documentation um, is very powerful. And even with my first Medium article and my first blog post, like I wrote like seven years ago on a WordPress site is still available um, to read as well. So, and, and then I have some YouTube videos that I created when I was a kid um, and I deleted a lot of them, right? Because you know how kids, how, how we are, right? Being judged and, you know, we want to be perfect, but I, I really wish I would have kept them online because... I don't know, my kids, my, my little cousins, um, and, and people who may never meet me in person will have a way to learn about me and what I learned and to, to, to experience my personality. And without the documentation, they couldn't do that, right? And and the cool part about, and I, I know I'm going on a little too long or whatever, but this is important, right? Documentation allows me to record this, right? Or to post it and now the, the, the information can serve as its own piece, right? Separate of my time. So my podcast episodes have actually been getting some plays lately and I, I haven't really been doing any marketing um, or really driving traffic to it, but I guess it's just some recurring listeners. And if you're a recurring listener, shout out to you. I really appreciate you. Thank you so much. Um, but what I'm saying is this documentation is now out into the world and people are learning and, and using it and and i'm i don't even really know because i'm over here living my life i'm over here working or sleeping or you know hanging out with family or i don't i haven't really been doing that much either so i need to definitely get on that more but i'm either talking to family or eating you know i'm doing something else and the documentation is online you know through the through the network um and people can consume it without me being there and that is so critical. I hope you understand why it's been like this much extra time talking about documentation. It's not always very fun creating the piece, right? You have to kind of psych yourself out. It's like, I didn't really, you know, really super want to record this podcast episode, but the value, you know, to, to me and to you for listening, if you get anything from this, like the value is worth it. And that's how I use you know, this, this type of psychology to, to, to pump myself up to write on medium, you know, or to pump myself up to record a podcast. Cause it's not something I naturally just want to do. But when you, when you think about like the, the, the track record and, and how I won't say like leaving crumbs, but how you leave clues, you know, to how you got to where you are today, documentation on a daily basis or as often as possible is very helpful in, in creating that trail so that if somebody wants to learn how, how you did it, I've, I've got 40 episodes for you. You know what I'm saying? To show you how I got to where I am today and not to put myself on an ego or anything. You know what I'm saying? Like I'm, I'm up here and you're not, you know what I'm saying? They just wanted to learn what I knew. And I said, all right, you know, I spent all this time documenting. I got some for you. I can send them a link, you know, and, and that would be very helpful. Let's transition investing in 2022. I saw this article on Medium. I didn't read it, but the headline was kind of indicating that 2022 was going to be a bad year to invest in stocks and crypto. 
because, and I'm, I'm thinking probably because they think it's going to be a bear market, and I've actually seen this in a few places, uh, which is basically saying, because most people just think crypto or stocks are just going to keep going up, go up, go up, go up, you know what I'm saying, we're all, all going to get rich together. Um, I actually think there's a possibility of this year being uh, quote-unquote a bear year, um, which means either, I think crypto, what, either it could go flat, like only, you know, go up like just a little bit or go down drastically still and then maybe come up a little bit just to retrace like at the normal amount. Um, anything could happen, really. Investing is risky. Crypto, cryptocurrency, I don't care what anybody tells you, it's still very risky, right? But it's so new and it's it's exciting and there's just so much more that, you know, growth potential um, that can happen as it becomes more known and uh, the, the utility is further realized, like the, the actual usefulness of crypto, because there really is a usefulness for it, and I don't see it going away anytime soon or honestly ever in our lifetime. So for that reason, if crypto, right, I'm talking about Bitcoin, Ethereum, and the other popular altcoins, if they go down this year, my plan is to keep my job, um, to strengthen my other income streams, and to buy 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 um i don't know maybe i'm delirious right maybe maybe i'm a lunatic but i think cryptocurrency will go up eventually and if it goes up then i'll be fine like because my investment horizon uh and that's important to consider right what's your investment horizon i'm i'm young still you know i still got another 15 20 years that i can put in the workforce if i if i wanted to um and I say if I wanted to, that means if I don't utilize the knowledge that I've been teaching you guys, uh, you guys and gals about like how to grow your income separate of your time. If I don't utilize that knowledge, then I've got another 15 or 20 years in the investment horizon. And will Bitcoin be up in 20 years? <laughs> I I don't know. I bet I bet you a sandwich. I bet you like a large pizza that Bitcoin will, will be much higher than what it is today in 20 years. So with that being said, if this year ends up being a year where things don't go crazy up, I'm going to be buying uh, dollar cost averaging, buying like I'd say every time I get paid, which is weekly. So I'll, I'll buy a bit every time I get paid and I'll hold. Um, and that's the plan. So I just want to let you know, if you're not into crypto yet, I'm not telling you to get into it. I don't know what I'm telling you. Do some research, but it doesn't seem to be going away anytime soon. And it's still very early to learn and to make mistakes and to figure out what doesn't work and to figure out what's super risky and what's less risky. And it could be a potential investment opportunity for you if you understand. Um, stocks, I'm still dollar cost averaging. I buy a bit every time. Um, it's, I don't know how Warren Buffett said it. It's, it's not what the market does, right? It's about buying sound investments and thinking about like, you know, in 50 years and 100 years, will this company still be needed? Will it still be here? And I know it's kind of hard to predict, you know, things can happen, but think about the industry and, and how, and think about like, cause we have history, right? Of what has happened in the past and, and you can do research to find which companies actually thrive in a recession or a depression. And you can focus on those as your investments. The point is you just need to secure more investments. And I do too because investments pay us capital and capital allows us to invest. Investing brings in more capital. The more capital you bring in on a monthly basis, the more likely you are 
um, to be in a position to get rid of your daytime job if you wanted to. And in this position, I'm actually very grateful. I'm not really right now looking to quit my daytime job. I actually, I enjoy what, what the structure, you know, what I'm learning, uh, the culture, um, and maybe I'm, I'm psyched out too, because like I'm getting paid weekly. So, you know, it's, it's kind of, you know, taking some of the sweat off my back as far as worrying about a check. Um, because when I was running my own, you know, marketing consulting business, if I wasn't, if I wasn't like attacking or I don't want to say killing, but then I wasn't eating, you understand, right? If I wasn't closing, then I didn't have money for bills. And there were multiple times my phone got cut off. Uh, but now that I have a job, you know, things have changed. So I say there definitely is some importance to getting stable income. It allows you a safety net to invest, to make mistakes and to, you know, build a, uh, what I say, not a safety net, but like a real build a basket of investments, right? Start your, start your wealth tree. So I think that's important. I will say, let me make sure I have everything. Okay. There's a few more topics I want to cover and then I'll finish up. So if you're still listening, salute to you. I really appreciate it. Um, I had a mentor I met at this entrepreneurs meetup in Houston who said he had a mentor, um, that was preaching at least seven streams of income. So I, I took that nugget, you know, I think that's very important. And what I got from that is, okay, so I think I'll, I'll need at least 10, right. To hit the goals that, that I want to achieve in my life, 10 or more. I think you should just keep going. You shouldn't have a set number, but just wanted to remind you multiple streams of income right now. I'm sitting at four. I have two streams of income on top of that. So four plus two and two of them are not currently profitable. So I, I won't count them as income streams, but right now, legitimately four sources of income for me. Um, some of them are little, literally streams, right? I'm profitable, but not making a, a, a lot of money. And then with the addition of my job and investing, uh, investing, I am getting, you know, the dividends, um, from the investing and the paycheck for my job. So that that's been nice. Um, with that being said, I want to kind of segue into, let's say, say two topics that, that I'm just focusing on right now in this update. Um, bam, which I talked about previously, brand audience monetization. And that is part of the reason why I'm recording this podcast episode and part of the reason why I'm still writing on medium and engaging with the people, um, who are supporting me and who people I like content or whatever. Uh, just a little segue. I, I, I think I made this realization a few days ago or like a week ago that if I just spent all my time on medium, just responding to other people's content, I would, I would make a lot of money and be very successful. Uh, because at the end of the day, I think what people really care about the most, if they're on medium is they care about getting recognized for the effort they put into writing their content. Cause in their mind, they're thinking, you know what I'm saying? They spent time on it. You know, they may, they may not naturally be a writer or, you know, they spent their time, their creativity on writing a piece and maybe they don't, maybe it's not getting recognized that well. So I think the most important thing about medium, this is just my perspective, by the way, I've already written some pretty decent articles. So after you've written a couple of them, I say the most important thing is just to spend all your time supporting other people on the platform, 
leaving heartfelt comments. And if you do that and also follow, you know, a couple people every day, I say a couple, I, I honestly try to max out. It, it's been a while since Medium soft blocked me from following people, but I try to follow at least 15 to 20 new people every day. Um, and my ratio is like, I'm following like a thousand, 400 people and only 600 people are following me, but following me back on medium. Notice how I say only 600. All right. That's a big number. And that just comes from daily activity of leaving nice comments on people's stuff and following new people in my uh, niche. I usually try to focus on business and investing. So if they're following business and investing people, then I follow them. Uh, that's my strategy. Bam. Brand, audience, monetization. You want to get a new income source? You want to quit your job? Then understand Bam and use it to the fullest of its ability. If you're listening still, then you understand kind of what Ground Up is about. And that's my brand and what I've built up to this point. And we're still working on it every day. See, once the brand is built, you're not done. You have to continue developing it and improving it and getting feedback from the people you serve to make it better. But once you have some form of brand, then you can proceed to the A, which is audience. And that's also what I'm working on right now. I spent a lot of time on Instagram developing an audience of a few thousand people. And I pay for followers towards the end of my journey. It's not something I'm necessarily proud of, but all my clients, I advise, you you know, them not to do so. And I worked with them to get organic followers. So I, I acknowledged my mistake and found a way to do it legitimately. And, and that's how I helped my clients. So I actually made some money and gained some really good trust from that. And they believed in the brand and I helped them build their audience and helped them build their brand up. Now I'm focused on audience because with audience, right? With the more people you have tuning in, the more people you have listening to your podcast or reading your stories or relating to your message, the more attention you'll get. And when you have the numbers, you have scale. We talked about in a previous episode, I don't know which number, but we talked about scale versus magnitude. And how if I were running like a project management or a marketing business, I would more than likely be on a magnitude uh, wave because I would be serving a smaller number of people, but in a more significant manner. So I would be able to get paid more, compensated more for my work. But the route that I kind of am more interested in, I don't know. I won't say more interested in. It just seems like. It seems like it would be more rewarding to go the scale route because what scale says is, well, maybe not everyone's paying me a thousand dollars. Maybe, you know, people just donate one dollar, you know, to the brand. And right now, you know, with the 600 medium followers, if everyone donated a dollar, I would get six hundred dollars. And with the current processes I have, because really that's what it is, it's a daily process consistently This year, I could clear over a thousand, if not a thousand five hundred followers. And if we run that same scenario where everyone donates a dollar, then that would be a thousand five hundred dollars. I say a dollar, but 
there's a typical e-course right if it's a if it's actually a pretty decent course you can sell it for five ten dollars fifteen dollars twenty dollars and the idea here is and we talked about this as well in previous episodes is understanding the importance of units and unit profit if you built your brand and now you have an audience of people who are tuned in who are you know you're serving from your brand the more people you have on the ship the more potential you have to be compensated if you're actually delivering value to your audience and if you know how to get 10 followers then you can do the same thing to get 50 then 100 and the daily consistency is what will bring to you a thousand two thousand three thousand and so on your ability to understand that there is always some type of need to be filled every person in this world i read a consulting book i think it's called the irresistible guide to being a consultant uh it's by david fields um i may have messed the title up but david f-i-e-l-d-s david a fields and the idea is everyone in this world always has needs and desires right like there's an endless opportunity for you to be an entrepreneur you know, you just have to identify what you want to help people solve, you know, based on your your cunning and your resources and your skills. Um, but there there's a whole bunch of things I feel like I've identified with people. It's like I can't I don't feel like I, I would want to solve that problem or I could. You know what I'm saying? Like I you you have the ability to personally select which problem you want to solve once you understand, you know, the different problems that are, are out there. And the thing is, you should understand unit profit, right? How many units does it take to hit my goal? If you need $3,000 a month, and I say need, but if if your monthly expenses was about $3,000 a month, and you were able to generate that on a consistent basis every month, then would things in your life change? For me, the answer is yes. Um, And in order to get there, I'm not going to stop it just like the hypothetical, you know, fun little visualization where you're like, how much would it take to make 3000? And then, you know, you're all smiling because you're thinking about the money coming in. And, you know, if I just think about it, it comes in, you know, I'm, I'm a law of attraction guy. I'm the secret guy. You know what I'm saying? Like, I believe in that stuff too, but at a certain level, I also believe like you should understand the math behind the goals you're setting and what you're trying to, to go for. So with that being said, you, you would decide Uh, And you can go both ways. Honestly, I thought about like you could definitely go both ways. But are you going for more of a magnitude approach where you have like a practice where you serve 20 to 100 people at a at a very high level, five hundred dollars, a thousand dollars, if not more per ticket? You know what I'm saying? And then that's how you clear a very nice amount of money monthly. Or you can go the scale route. Um, Like I say, you could do both. But the route and I am kind of doing both. But the reason why I like scale so much is because once you learn how to grow your audience, then you can just get better and better and you can continue to refine your product and your service for your clients so that it can be more helpful for them and then they will share it and then it will get better. There's a book called Contagious uh, by Jonah Berger, I believe that's his last name, but that's just kind of like that idea that... You can create something that can become contagious and you can continue to grow your audience. And with that being said, <laughs> I, I studied my, my filler words. Uh, filler words are what we say 
when we're still thinking about the next idea. And my filler words are, um, essentially, with that being said, uh, <laughs> there's some of those, right? Because I took Toastmasters. Side side note, if you can get into the Toastmasters Club, highly recommend. Toastmasters was one of the best investments of my life. Um, don't feel shameless actually at all plugging them like Toastmasters is awesome. Um, but that's what I'm saying. Understand, you know, I like skill though. I like skill a lot because I like skill a lot because because now that I, I've got this formula, you know, for what I need to do to build an audience. I'm just going to rinse and repeat, do it every day, right? It's just, it's just like brushing your teeth. You know, you do these things every day. You will continue to build your audience. And when I'm ready to launch maybe a coaching program, I thought about it. I don't know if I can really launch a coaching program. It's probably going to be some type of course or where I can pre-create the information, um, in, in chunks and, and, and maybe, I don't, I want people to buy it, right? I don't want to sell it to them. I like, if you want this, you can try it out, right? If you like it, you can buy it, right? I kind of like that idea. Like, I don't want to alienate the people who've been following me. I just want to say, hey, I've got this. If you think it's something you're interested in, you can taste it first. And if you really like it, you know, you can buy it. Like, that's kind of like the model I will have. But in order to get to that point, right, where, where, like, cause we're, we're recording this episode, right? Cause our, cause our idea is to break the time for money trade. Then what I will need to do is I need to build an audience, a real audience of people who, who like what I do and, you know, get value from what I produce. And then I can roll out the products and services. You can roll out the products and services before you build the audience too. I mean, you could do whichever way you want to do it. I feel like when you build the audience, and you get their feedback, you learn more about what they're interested in and what they respond to. And when you have that data, then you can better position yourself with the products you create. So think about that. Um, I think that is enough for this episode. Honestly, I want to say I really appreciate you. If you're still listening, I appreciate your time. I hope you got something from this. My plan is to build up my Medium account with documentation from all my previous experiences and books read to continue podcasting, to make this documentation available to people all around the world because I have been looking at my analytics and it looks like I have a lot of people who aren't in the US who are listening to this podcast, which literally puts a tear to my eye because that's so inspiring. Um... And to figure out, like, what am I going to offer to the world? And I thought I wanted, and I still, I'm still thinking about it. I thought I wanted to do like project management consulting, but that's going to take a lot of time and energy. And I'm thinking, what if I just become really good at, at documenting, you know, what I learn and, and podcasting and medium and building these really large audiences and then at some point asking for donations or for sponsors and with the with the size of my audience that being large enough you know to supply my monthly income there are so many ways to do it it's almost kind of exciting and overwhelming at the same time but if you understand the units approach then you can break down your monetary goals primarily how much income you need to earn per month into units how many packages 
do I need to sell per month to hit my income goal? And what you should also consider is the last thing I'll I'll say on that topic is that you should factor in like the 10% sales average, um, which is kind of like, I guess it's an industry standard for sales, which says like a, a normal salesman, when they first start off salesman or saleswoman, they're probably going to sell on like 10% of, of how many offers they make. So if they make 10 offers, they may close one. Um, and if you're really new to sales, you might not even close one out of 10, you know, maybe it may be one out of 15 or one out of 20, but as you become more confident in the product you're selling and you really understand how it works and how it solves, you know, problems for your customers, then you will become better over time and may end up closing two out of 10, which is 20% or even three out of 10. Let's not get too crazy because 30% out of 10 like that, that's really amazing. And there are people who close five to 10 or five to six to seven out of 10 people they talk to. Those people are well paid and well taken care of because they could basically be in the industry, right? Like sales is the highest paid profession. Um, but what I was getting at here is when I when I gave those calculations earlier, right? 600 people and and everybody donates. Th- that's unrealistic. Um, you should put a 10% sales average on that, right? So that would be 600 times 10%, which would actually be 60 people, right? So 60 people are more likely to take action out of the 600 people. And with the internet and all the information in the world and how everyone's trying to sell you something, it may even be more realistic to say 15 to 30 people might take action, right? So when you understand your units at that point, I may not may not have just a dollar donation. I may have some type of course or uh, program that I offer for 50 or $100. And at that point, I would take my 50 or my 100 and multiply that by 60. And I would, I would understand from a units approach how much I'm generating from that move. Okay. I don't, I don't know how, how else to say it. Because because when you when you say my monthly goal is five thousand dollars a month or three thousand dollars a month, if you don't think about it from a units approach, I feel like the, the goal will always be fantasized and not actually broken down. So it'll be a fantasy and not something like you're actually willing to work towards. But when you have and what I have here is a simple Excel spreadsheet where I have broken down like how many people and how much I would have to sell the unit price of my product. And then Excel just does the calculation and basically shows me how much I would make if I grew my audience and became better at selling and improved my product. So understand the units approach is huge. Understand BAM, brand, audience, monetization, important. If in 2022, the stock market, real estate market, the crypto market, if they go down or don't go up wildly, I'm going to be looking to buy as long as I have other income sources, because I feel personally that all three of these markets, especially the crypto market, is due to to continue going up. I'm not a financial advisor. I used to be, but I'm not, you know, licensed to give you financial advice. So do your research. Investing is risky. Crypto investing is is really risky. I don't care what people take. Uh, It still is very risky. So, but with risk comes reward if you educate yourself properly. So do your due diligence. Um, documentation, documentation, like not even the sexiest topic ever, but the power of it is leaving a, a memory 
of this day, of this time where I put, like I said, joking, but put on wax this episode, which I can hear a year, 10 years, 15, 20 years from now. And when I leave this earth, I'm going to make sure that all my podcast episodes are stored somewhere. I don't know where my kids and my cousins and any people they influence who want to listen to this type of stuff, they have this stuff available too. So the documentation is so important, right? If you're writing on Medium or writing on your website, I don't know, have like a hard drive or just just store the memories and, and the lessons learned from your life because they will be helpful and, and, and great for you to reminisce, but they may also allow somebody to learn from where you flubbed up, you know, so that they can be better in their lives. And that's true power and documentation. And the medium's cool, anchor's cool, because here's the thing, if you document often and you become better at documenting, you can actually get paid for your documentation. So that's, that's the route I'm um, on right now. Project management like literally the most one of the most important skills like i think everyone needs and if you if you put on the entrepreneur hat you need it even more right find somebody who's good in project management but until you find that person learn as much as you can about why other people take it seriously about why other people yeah why other people take it seriously like because because if you're building a skyscraper in manhattan new york like you need a super awesome project manager and a great team, right? Like you can't just take any type of project manager to come in and manage that billion dollar project. So what do people do with billion dollar projects and how are those similar? Cause there are some similarities to the projects you're managing now. And what could you do differently to maybe get your projects, you know, out of idea phase and more into release phase? you know, or beta phase, you know, where you have your customers checking it out and telling you what they like and don't like about your product. That's pretty much it. I'll finish off with saying I'll I'll come back to marketing. Uh, This new job I have, I realized very early on that the marketing department was the reason I had a job, or how do I say it? Without a marketing department, we wouldn't have work to do at my job. And my role is entirely dependent on the marketing department. So that verified for me, like right off the back that like, all right, marketing is serious. Like marketing is important because, you know, running my little consulting business, it just didn't seem like everyone cared about marketing like how I did, you know, and some people just like, I don't think I need that. Right. I'm doing fine. And that was kind of discouraging for me. But having that reaffirmed in corporate America that the marketing department is I won't say the heart of an organization, but it may be close to the brain, right? It's, it's very important. It might be like a lung or something. Um, it's very important. So learn more about marketing and learn more about project management. And other than that, I want you to have an amazing day. Thank you for your time. I will be back with more. If you haven't already, please uh, subscribe to this podcast and follow me on Medium or Instagram, either one, uh, the name is ground up biz. And I've had a great time talking to you. We'll be back with more. Have a great day. Peace.